Hello and welcome to the Camping Crew Podcasts with Chris and Aaron. Hello everybody and welcome to the Camping Crew Podcast. I'm Aaron Birchall. And I'm Chris Byrne. This is episode 138 and as you know we are just enthusiasts and what we discuss on the podcast are just our own personal views. Although we do look into some of the things that you ask us to look into. And if you want to support us on the podcast, and if you can afford to, of course, you can buy us a coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash the camping crew. Now, we always start with news. We've got good news. We've got bad news. And unfortunately, this isn't great news, but we were on to the gang at Van Tastival. In my opinion, and I'm sure Chris will agree, one of the best motorhome based festivals in the country. Yes. Oh, uh, without a doubt. Yeah, no, it's the one weekend of the year that... The whole lot of us as a group just kind of yearn for like, yeah, we buy our tickets at Christmas and just wish January, February, March, April, May away for the holiday. Well, I was on to Louise at Van Tastival during the week. And unfortunately, Chris, there is no Van Tastival as we know it for 2022. They may have a similar one to what they had last year. Do you remember they just had a kind of two day event, but there were no stalls or festival festivities going on? However, Louise said, roll on. 2023 they're already booking artists for van tastival 2023 uh yeah we were up there in september for the two-day event now there's a, a few of us there from the camper crew you kind of miss the kids being added like uh, our mm-hmm. gang were um very jealous of seeing me heading off up to that you know it's kind of a, a completely different uh, atmosphere type of event when when it's kind of just the one day concerts and yeah. just at the forest stage so look the sooner the the main festival gets back the better yeah well please god 2023 we're not sure what wait weekend it will be but we will let you know as soon as we know right let's move on to some online chatter what have we got um so you put a, a story into the news there uh, Aaron, uh from the kilkenny people oh yes last week and it's been okay because we're going every two weeks it's it's possibly old news but it's still great to see it kilkenny people brought a story up about the financial benefit that the hub has brought to greg namana due to all of the motorhomes and camper vans that have been staying there and the reason i want to draw our attention to it or the listeners attention to it because we've been drawing it i must have copied and pasted the link from the kilkennypeople.ie on their news page and sent it to practically every politician that i've been talking to over the past year or two about setting up airs and the benefit of airs in small towns and villages and big towns and cities as well so well done to every one of ye that have gone and supported the hub and brought in thousands upon thousands of euro to the small village that is greg namana there is also of course a campsite there brandon hill campsite people have brought stayed there but it's just great to see it and it's a good news story and it's in the kilkenny people yeah i tweeted out that story as well there um i think it was over the weekend or early last week and i got lots of likes on it and mm-hmm. reposts and quite a few people actually tagged their own local councillors when yeah. they retweeted it as well so if we can get the listeners to find that tweet that we put put out if we're on Twitter and to retweet it and tag as many of your local councillors as possible if you don't have many camping facilities in your own county. Yeah, it's a great new story. I think the figures were something like 1.5 million 
boost to Greg Namana, thanks to campervans. That was the headline of the story. But look, any little bit of money coming into a town, village or anything like that, is it's got to be a good news story. And I'm so sick of reading negative stories about motorhome owners. So the kilkennypeople.ie, click onto their news tab and just search for Greg Namana or the word The Hub and you get that story. And as Chris said, retweet it to beat the band if you're one of the Twitter people that we have listening to the show. It's a good news story. And what are the councillors in Clare? Ah, again, this I only found this yesterday and this was actually now I'm not a big Twitter head, but I do tend to retweet good stories. But again, I've seen this come up now on a few multimedia pages. Councillor Killian Murphy, who we have mentioned before, he's a West Clare councillor. Uh, he put a story up saying that I spent some time this morning walking around Kilkee with a senior council staff member looking at suitable locations for the rollout of electric charging points for electric vehicles. We also discussed other possibilities, suitable locations, car parks around Loop Head Peninsula and the wider West Clare area. Another idea is to create a number of electric points for motorhome parking in tandem with the electric vehicle charging spaces, adding value to the project by creating dedicated managed motorhome parking spaces in public car parks. It was an interesting morning all in all, he went on to say. That is a great idea because the main cost in getting electric points for motorhomes and for cars is getting the power into the venue. It's something like a thousand euro a pole if you're off the main road. So if you're running it in for one, two charging points for two car parking spaces, if the power is already there, there's little or no extra cost in putting in a few extra power points and parking spaces and a meter for motorhomes and camper vans. It's a great idea. Yeah, it's a no-brainer really, isn't it? And I don't think the draw from camper vans would be uh, as much as the EV charging as well. No, I could be completely wrong on that. But um, yeah, it makes sense. Like if you've got the space there, trying uh, some motorhome plug-in spots as well. Yeah, brilliant idea. People would be willing to to pay a small bit to cover the costs as well. So it shouldn't cost the council anything other than the installation. Yes, and that is the main cost is getting the power onto the ground. And then once you're there and the groundwork has been done, what's a few a few bob extra? It's like when we're buying the stickers, you know, if I order 500 stickers for Charlie and me for an extra and they might be 300 euro for an extra 50 euro, I can have a thousand. So if it's going to cost you 10 grand to get the power points for two charging points for cars for an extra five grand, you could be making 15 euro right for on, on five spaces so that's brilliant and uh, van halle put up a tweet on tuesday as well um from the donegal daily and uh, he said there that a large new camping park may soon be in the pipeline for holidaymakers in donegal the article in the donegal daily said planning permission is being sought to build 12 new glamping pods 32 camper van pitches yes 32 and camping grounds at bally kieran just outside uh village which is 7k from Letterkenny. an application for the development was lodged to donegal county council by the kilmacrennan community development group so look we wish them the very best with that if anybody wants to read that they can check out the donegaldaily.com and the title of that is um new glamping campervan site proposed in donegal the article itself was published on december the 30th 2021 Mm -hmm. if you want to dig that out Absolutely brilliant. Great news stories kicking off the podcast today. Right, let's move on to listeners, messages and shout outs. And this is going to be a busy section as well, Chris. 
Yeah, a good few matches in, in in the last two weeks as well. We start off with a, a question in from Barry on Twitter about booking campsites. He said, question for you, lads. One part of booking a campsite or checking rates or availability I dislike is having to go to each site and being able to check the dates and prices, you know, independently from each other. At some sites, you even have to ring. He said, why isn't there a site like booking.com for campsites that you just put in, for example, he gives West Clare the 20th to 23rd of July and all the sites in that area come up with price and availability and you just book. This would be a great service. And he said, I'll take 5% if you guys go and set it up. <laughs> Which is, uh, I, I don't think you would be getting that 5% from ourselves. It, it's certainly not area. But look, it is a great idea. I think it's highly unlikely given the kind of current structure of things. Yeah, and I think don't the likes of booking.com and all these places where you can book hotels, they take a percentage of the booking. And I just can't see enough campsites rolling on board to say give you five or ten percent of a booking. Because as much as people are bitching at times about the price of sites, they still do have massive overheads and they are trying to make up for a year and a half of a lull. It is a great idea if any of our listeners out there are into designing apps similar to booking.com for campsites yeah put your heads together with your team and we'll take five percent and we'll <laughs> give barry a mention as well i know there are some sites across europe where you can do that as well that they kind of uh, join up together and you can book certain sites are, are reserved for those as well and um you know i think if it was as easy the camping ireland site probably would have done it as yeah. well but i think a lot of the campsites here like to remain independent they have a lot more control and i would imagine for them the costs of running all of that and maintaining that and even just staying uh, in profit uh, yeah. is hard enough so they just want to manage things themselves so they can yeah. control then the availability but great idea barry and thank you for getting in touch because it's without your content we wouldn't have the content that we have on the podcast phil was in touch on facebook with a question on leisure batteries that's right he says hi chris and Aaron. i love the pod been following from early and never miss miss one so keep it up i've recently imported a van from germany if you wanted to do something on our little adventure, I'd love to share our experience with you. Um, we got a, a couple from the UK over the years, but this is our first time from Germany. But that's not the reason I'm contacting you now. We are still in the process of adding our own touch to our new van, and I got to thinking about an extra leisure battery. We had a 100 watt of solar fitted uh, as part of the deal, so my first thought was to add a matching uh, 95 ampere AGM as I was doing a bit of research, I see that lithium is the in thing for leisure batteries. Sorry for the long winded message, but what I'm wondering is, would I be better off to invest in 110 amp lithium and take out the AGM or stick with a second uh, AMG? Sorry, I said AGM, AMG, um, lower cost and lighter and um, more usable power from the lithium battery. We tend to do a mix of wild camping and site camping, with a preference being for wild and airs. So basically what he's saying is, should I take out the old-fashioned leisure batteries and stick in one of the new lithium batteries? What do you think, Aaron? Um, my personal view is lithium is very expensive, and I personally don't think it's worth it. Stateside, every van is putting in lithium and putting in quite a few of the batteries, maybe two, which would be the equivalent to six of the AMG. However, 
they are all living in their vans full time or do a lot of wild camping and have enough sunshine to keep them charged. They'd have 10, 12, 6, 8 solar panels. Personally, what I would say to you, Phil, is get rid of that 95 amp hour because you should never really add a leisure battery. You should replace and add two brand new ones. So I would say pick yourself up two good 110 amp hour AMG batteries, put them in. You've got the solar. When you're on site, you're going to be plugged in. And when you're not on site, because you say you do prefer wild and airs, two batteries with that one solar panel will be more than enough when the sun is shining in Ireland. I just don't think, unless money isn't a problem, go ahead and buy the lithium. But I think two 110 amp hour, do not add to the existing one you have. You're better off replacing and putting in two new ones. Yeah, and like if you're like us, we do most of our say off grid camping or, or or wild camping or camping not in campsites kind of generally over a weekend. If we're going away in the summer, say for a week or two, we generally will go to a campsite mm-hmm. where we're plugged in. So for us, we get by perfectly well with just one leisure battery. However, we don't have an inverter that runs off that, so there's mm-hmm. very little drain off that. Yeah. If you want to be able to power things that require. 220 volts or, or that you know you probably will need that extra laser battery just to, for that safe point as well yeah. when i was building the b-ball i put in two 110 amp hour amgs i have a 130 uh, watt solar on the roof and i do use my 1200 watt inverter i like toast and i don't like toast on the grill and we were away a few times myself and charlie or myself charlie and deirdre where we weren't plugged in and two batteries was plenty, even using the toaster because we had the sunshine. I just think the expense of lithium, yes, they're lighter. You can drain them lower, but it's going to be very hard to drain two 110 amp hour batteries. Even watching a bit of TV, unless you're using a deep fat fryer or, as you say, an inverter where you're drawing quite a lot of power. So figure out what you need power wise. And I honestly think two 110 amp hour batteries will be plenty. That's it. So thanks for that, Phil. And uh, if anybody has any other suggestions or agrees or disagrees with us, we'd love to hear uh, from you as well about that. Yeah, um, really would. Stephen Cockman sent us a Facebook post uh, to our Instagram. He said, um, well, Ads, you most likely seen this already, uh, but it's good news and it's great. So this was a, a Facebook post he sent from the Castle Gregory Community Council. And they said they'd like to wish all their campervan visitors who used their facilities in um, 2021, a happy new year and thanks for visiting. He said the past few years have been very challenging and they said the most important bit and your contribution to our community is very much appreciated. We're accommodating motorhomes again this year at the West End Hall. So we hope to see you see you again. And there's always a warm welcome for you here in Castle Gregory. Brilliant. That's fantastic. Um, just a, a, another little stopover for people. And I know that whole Castle Gregory area is a, a great location to to tour that part of Kerry. And I see on the Motorhome Ireland's app, which I've only started using this year, a lot of places like that in Castlegary, community centres are starting to open up because they have facilities. So you may not have power, but they're giving you fresh water, grey water and black water disposal. And it's great to see it because, as they said, it's been very hard, very challenging to keep community centres and youth club centres and places like that going. And it was great to see that they are saying always a warm welcome in Castle Gregory. And thank you. And thank you as well, Stephen, for bringing that to our attention. And if you want to see it on Facebook or look it up on Facebook, the page is called Castle Gregory Information Centre. 
We mentioned I hike, I run, I camp about the fact that they had hired a motor home for a two week holiday and they've been on to you. It said the best. He said, thanks so much, uh, guys. We listen to the podcast all the time. Joe especially loves listening to them while he's driving the van. He said, actually, he beeped at you, Aaron, the other day in Carrick. You were in the Overlander. So just said thanks again. So uh, certainly enjoyed the the lads videos as well. And uh, it's nice to see the the Conway Countryman that they have in some of their earlier videos. And we're soon to see a a camper van or motorhome, more camper van and motorhome videos in the near future, hopefully. Yeah, we wish them the best of luck. Their next couple of videos, in fact, I think one went live today is where they're going to start their search. And they said even if they go to the UK or further afield, they're going to bring the camera because people are thinking about buying vans or motorhomes. So uh, keep an eye on the channel. It's I run, I hike, I camp. And we'll keep you updated with things that are happening on their channel as well. And thanks, guys, for getting back to us and letting us know that you are uh, enjoying the podcast. And thank you very much indeed. Yeah, a few people have been messaging uh, in the last two weeks asking about the meetup. A few people have said, oh, you mentioned the meetup earlier in a few podcasts. We haven't heard word of it since. So it's probably time to to give people an update, I suppose, of where we are with that, Aaron. I think it's time to give them another teaser and just not tell them too much, Chris. <laughs> we we definitely listened. The first one blew us away and the videos are up on Charlie and me of the camping crew Charlie and me meetup that we had at Tree Grove. And that was September, wasn't it? 2019. It would have been kind of mid to end of September. Yeah. yeah. Myself and Chris have been talking about it. We want to do it ASAP. So please bear with us. But we're looking April 2022 at the moment. We're looking at a couple of sites and we will let you know within the next couple of podcasts because places are booking up pretty quick. I'm sure that this gig will book, book up pre- pretty quick as well. Just give us another week or so to confirm it and we will let you know as soon as we know. And thank you for your support in wanting another meetup. And there'll be a few changes. We're just we're just putting it together and we're looking at April. Yeah, I think Ireland is learning to play guitar and drums, kind of like a one man band. So we're all looking forward to that as well for and the, here lies the, the evening problem. session. Here lies the problem. You think too much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, April 2022. And please, we will. Honest to God, in the next couple of weeks, we will have news. Um, speaking of campsites, myself and Charlie went off camping this week. Chris, we got a, a couple of nights away midweek and it was brilliant. It was great to get out. Um, we were speaking of airs earlier on. I went back to Quan's, the new air that they have opened up to opened in Garvin, if you remember. I did a piece on camera when we heard about that. So it was just a car park. Then I went there a week or two before it actually opened, but the facilities were there when myself and Charlie went and stayed there on Thursday night. And then I went to the getaway. If you remember, Hillary opened the getaway just uh, outside Dungarvan. I stayed there on Friday night. Those videos will be coming up on Charlie and me very, very soon. Uh, Speaking of Charlie and me on YouTube, the Van Build Project 2 Overlander, it's almost finished. I, I had a little setback yesterday on the solar more details about that later on this friday's video it's all about fitting a set of spotlights onto the bumper now you might say to yourself no big deal but omg what a flipping awkward job it was so anybody out there with a range rover or a land rover that's thinking of putting a set of spotlights on the front of your jeep watch friday's video and believe me you won't want to put spotlights on the front of your jeep so that's this friday the following friday is solar and then we're kind of possibly on the second to last video within the next couple of weeks. That's it. So the next two and the final two items on the podcast come from one of our uh, Twitter followers, Peter Cody. Now, Peter is a a regular uh, contributor on Twitter and and 
to the, the podcast as well. But he sent us a tweet uh, with a product suggestion. Um, so he said, hi, Camper Crew. Saw these on a caravan tips video of what standard stuff you may want in a caravan. He said, these are um, a good solid set of pegs for hooking down awnings. So if anybody wants to check those out, they're hexpegs.com.au. So that's H-E-X-P-E-G-S.com.au. So they're like a, a screw into the ground mm-hmm. set of pegs that you can use uh, to secure a, an awning. And they're probably very useful here in Ireland where it, it gets quite windy. Doolin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. springs to mind Doolin anywhere in Doolin there's a breeze it's not a breeze it's a gale force wind so they would be very handy for that definitely so he, he also got in touch with us Peter and uh, he asked us to uh, to get Adrian and his Technicolor gadgets on for an interview about buying a caravan for the first time so we did and here's the interview so we got a, a message recently on Twitter from one of our regular contributors, Peter Cody. So Peter got in touch with us. I read his message, actually. It's quite funny. He says, Chris, could you guys get the amazing Adrian and his technical or gadgets on for an interview about buying a caravan? Seeing as he's on his second one now, he may have some interesting info for prospective buyers. So Peter's thinking of buying a, a, a caravan. And no better person to speak with is Adrian Um who's a big caravan fan and caravan owner, as Peter said, you would have first heard Adrian on the first, uh, for the first time on episode 43, where he spoke to Aaron about sharing a caravan ownership. And uh, since then, he's actually purchased his own one. And uh, he's been a very regular contributor to the podcast, mostly around gadgets and camping products and stuff. And uh, he's given us lots of invaluable uh, advice over the years. So I'm going to kick off, uh, Adrian, just give a, a quick introduction to your caravan history and yourself, and maybe you might tell us why somebody would want to go for a caravan over a camper van. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, I see the flattery got me back on doing this interview. So <laughs> uh, like everybody else, I suppose, we started off as a family and I, uh, camping, and I've been camping all uh, my life uh, from a kid upwards. And then having a family that I brought my own kids to it. So we did camping for years, went abroad, went around Ireland. And then the natural process then was to go into a caravan, a motorhome or or even a camper van. Uh, And at the time I looked at all three options, but having a young family um, who, you know, needed, who would ideally stay around a campsite, have a base, um, the caravan was the best option. Um, ideally that was you'd get to your campsite you'd put the caravan into its into the, the, the its location and you could leave it there for the weekend or the week but you then you had the freedom of your car afterwards to um, go off to the shops go off and visit tourist attractions um, without even if you wanted to go off and do something yourself and then leave the, the kids and they could be there with other friends of yours or with my wife and um, it was just handier that way um, it also meant from a user's point of view it was a one setup and one takedown process which can save many arguments instead of having to pack everything away to go off go on a journey come back and unpack it again so caravan was from a family point of view and um, the option that i thought was probably the best for us you see what you best yeah and i suppose it's probably driving it is probably a little bit easier as well is it it's just a little bit, it gets easier with practice. Um, mostly 
you're fine. It's the reversing, I suppose, is a little bit of challenge. Um, but again, the more you do something, the easier it gets. And just knowing the space of awareness around it. But um, little extras that you get with the car to see that would be the likes of your, your towing mirrors, which are requirements and, and setups like that. So it, it's relatively easy. You just, um, I suppose, one of the factors to get used to is the effect that um, wind or buses and lorries have when you're towing. You get this kind of little bit of suction, which when you're starting off can be a little bit daunting. But again, you get used to it and you get used to feeling it, that little tug in the back, knowing when a lorry or a bus is coming up. So um, again, practice makes perfect. Yeah, and you, you hold on to that steering wheel tightly there. Yeah. <laughs> Same in a, a crosswind in, in a camper van or motorhome. So would you then advise someone to go for a, a new caravan if they could or a secondhand caravan? Well, I suppose what's the biggest driving factor there? Well, if it's your first caravan, um, ideally, Going secondhand is probably easier on the basis that, I mean, if you've no, if you don't, if you're not sure if you, it's something you really want to get into, uh, you won't have invested too much in it. And um, I mean, the biggest factor, obviously, in, on, on this is budget. Your budget will dictate your ability to go between you, uh, secondhand, or, or an all of carbon on it. And uh, I suppose, look, if you had, uh, you know, a, a decent budget, you could probably get a new one that maybe suits two people or. If you had a family of four, then you probably might want to get a second-hand one because you can go up in size and that will come to the, to, to the size and that in a minute. Um, can you give us an idea like uh, of a range of costs? Is that something you're familiar with to, to buy a, a caravan, but also maybe to maintain a caravan on a yearly basis? Oh, yeah. Well, COVID has had its, its impact on the prices of caravans and, and um, second-hand caravans have gone up in value. I mean, you'd be starting off... 6k is is a, a what i'd say is a start budget for a half decent um starter caravan uh which then can go into under between 6k and under 20k um going up in the years um and when as you go up in the years your the technology and the features of the caravans get better the manufacturing process gets better and like the newer caravans when you do it will have are made of less wood so there's the impact of dampness or water ingress has less um, effect on it they also come into that the newer caravans i think from 2016 are now have the chris register stamps on it which then means they're traceable for doing a background check on whether they're stolen, which is a major factor around the caravan industry. Buying secondhand is making sure that the caravan is yeah. registered and doing it. And with Chris, because of that, having that stamp, which comes on the windows embedded around the frames, digit number, you can actually ring up Chris in the UK and for a small fee, they'll do it. They can check that to make sure that, that, um, that the caravan is registered with the person you're buying it off. Um, yeah. and that it hasn't been registered as stolen. That's a great facility to have because you see all these scary uh, posts on Facebook about uh, caravans and motorhomes and everything being stolen as well. So it's nice to have that, that history as well. And what time of year would you recommend is the best time to invest in a caravan? Is there a particular time that's better than others? Well, they'll always say that if you're going for a second-hand caravan, they say the end of the season, uh, of the camping season, is the best. Um, if you're looking at the start of the season, when everybody, from the New Year's on, there's a bigger 
tranche of people saying, I'm going to get into it for the year and, and, and be looking at it. So um, you also will have to find the people who, are, who want to sell it and, who don't, and don't want to keep it over the winter till the start of next season will put their the carbon on the market at the end of the season as they're finished with it. So yeah, that's an interesting one, actually. Yeah. We're, we're thinking about as well kind of the end of season picking up you might get when when somebody is, is happy they've had their summer and they might be happy with the with, with the, the few euros just back in their pockets well then it saves them and the if they sell it then they save on what will be the storage fee for them for the winter yeah, yeah. so the caravans themselves there's like a massive variety of sizes and layouts and berths could you give us an idea of what the you know the standard uh, types of caravans are okay so st- caravans tend to come in two four and six berths they're the main ones to do it um they come with the the shapes of them always with, would be the front u-shaped dinette with the seats and that's standard and that dinette at the front uh transfers always into two single beds or a double bed when you put the table down that's the, the, the standard makeup. You do get the L-shape ones, and my latest one is an L-shape one, which gives me m- more uh, space inside the main cabin, which is nice. And again, that turns to a double bed. The layout-wise, though, will very much come down to your requirements, your individual requirements, whether you want an open plan arrangement. So the, that means the kitchen area and the central and the back of the cabin are, are all open. Um, like the sixth berth that I had first, it was pretty much open. There was a room in the middle, uh, at the side middle for the bathroom and the kids' bunks were at the back. And from a family's point of view, that sixth berth in the open plan was perfect because you want to keep an eye on the kids. You want to sit at the front yourselves in the evenings. Um, but it did mean we had to convert those that double shape, that U-shape into a bed every night and take it apart again every morning. As we've moved on and the kids got older, we've now gone in and we've effectively got three rooms within the caravan now. We've got the L shape at the front with the kitchen and dinette area. Um, We now have a central bathroom and shower room that divides the front from the back. And in this case, we now have a double bed layout in the back and that so suits a us like area. that's a fixed bed yeah whereas the kids now at that stage because we're finding as the kids get older they're staying out longer than us yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to bed and they're coming in <laughs> late <laughs> so they can sleep in the single beds in the front or with the benefit now with older with with the awning you put an annex onto the awning and in fact we've got a separate room in the awning which the eldest child sleeps in oh very good excellent so. that's the uh, a great option. I know Peter was asking a question uh, as well about, you know, should you go for a separate toilet and separate shower or is it a good idea to get a, a combined toilet shower room? Again, initially, if you're a young family um, um, and it's an, a family of four, your combined toilet and shower is the most common one. Now, you may get a room that has the shower cubicle in it and the toilet separate, or you may get what's called as a wet room scenario smaller when you're tight for space they'll use a wet room so the toilet and shower are all and the curtain is all one Uh, and again that comes down to what size of carbon you can get your ability to tow it and what you're towing will dictate your size and the weight as well so you what i'd always say about that is is take your time to look at the layouts of caravans in with dealers go up and look at a few of them go in take a look around and figure out what layout you think is going to be the best um, and if you really really kind of uh, want to see 
what's really out there across it, I know you guys have done it, is pop over to the show in the NEC, which is coming back on oh, yeah. uh, this year. And that's what I did for, for the second purchase. Just flew over, went to the show, the carbon camping show in the NEC in one day. And you'll spend the day walking around, but you see all the layouts from the adventure caravans to the family ones to the two couple personal top of the range ones it's and, and you'll get an idea of your layout what layouts are available and what will suit you then and i hear you might get some good deals as well if you're willing to buy them over or put your name on them over there as well at some of the shows you can get good deals. The problem with doing that, now I bought my, bought my caravans from the same dealer in Northern Ireland, but if you do it in the UK, there's a thing with when you're caravans and you do that, you get them serviced. Part of the warranty requirements, I got a 10-year warranty, so I need to service need it every year. There, I, I need to yeah. go back to the UK. Okay, so yeah, yeah. any savings that I may have say, got on the purchase means every year I got to get on a ferry over to the UK. The dealers are funny like that. They won't service openly other caravans that weren't purchased through them. That's fair enough, yeah. And you have a website you wanted to recommend, did you, uh, about kind of the size and layouts, give people a feel? Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a website on a TV from caravanfinder.co.uk. Um, a lot of the UK dealers feed into this and they have every layout possible on a caravan. Um, they'll even give you the details of prices, obviously in, in, in sterling or UK dollar or pounds, sorry, on that. But you can then look at the different layouts and, and, and they'll cover all the manufacturers. So it's a good go-to website. So look, if anyone wants to get an idea, you can check out that site. And I suppose for me, my biggest fear maybe about considering a, a caravan would be the, the towing of it um like it, it, i presume there's kind of limits kind of based on weight and the type of car you have is there yeah so there's there's a there is a, a number of things if it's your 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 car your license is a factor um your one when you're starting off you most likely go for your single axle carbon they give you they're lighter but when you come down to it you have um your, your, the first thing to look at is your ability of what your car can tow. Um, and that is, you come down to what, as the structure of it runs, you need to know the towing allowance of your car and the weight of the car when you're towing. Because if you're doing that on a B license, the combined weight of your car, now this is the car with fully loaded, and then the weight of the caravan fully loaded on the B license cannot go above 3.5 tons. Irrelevant of whether you're under that weight, if you're if for checking it, the guards will just check the plates of the car and the caravan to make sure you're not above that. If you're on a BE license and you have a trailer license, that increases, that means you can actually go for combined plated weight of 7.5 tons. And that's well within everybody's limits of caravans, but you also then have to make sure that your car is able to tow that. Irrelevant yeah. that you can, your license allows you. If your car has a limit on it, that's your limit. Yeah, you don't want to be pulling a, a massive caravan on a, a small, less powerful car, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely that. Now, if you want to find out what way is, how your car is, is best suited for towing, there's another website I have for you. Um, and it's towcar.info. And on that website, you can put in your car details. Um, they look for you to fill in a caravan as well, if you know it, but you don't have to. And 
just fill in your car, get it to do the calculations, and it will output what your allowable uh, basis is for your car to tow. Now, it does apply this 80% loading guideline. And again, it's a guideline, it's not a rule. They say that you shouldn't pull 100% uh, of your allowances. This should base it around 80%. But again, it'll do the calculation based on that guideline, but it will give you the max towing allowance. And it's, it's a good way of knowing what is your weight limit on caravan based on your car choice. Imagine if you make that investment, you pick uh, a car, but you're nervous about towing. I presume you can get lessons in I see kind of trailer, I would imagine they do it for caravans as well, do they? They, they do it for trailers. It's the same. I have a BE license and you can get lessons on it and um, you have to do uh, the theory test to get a BE license first. And it's exactly the same basis of doing it with a horse box. Right. So most learner training centers will have a license, a trailer to teach you it. It has to be a certain, it's weighted because the regulations require that and it blocks out your back window so you don't have visibility. So it tends to be the full, like a box trailer and so on. In fact, when I did my BE test, I did it. It was a horse box is what I, was my trailer. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, that'd be something worth thinking about if somebody's doing it, just getting the lessons and uh, I see people um, on sites parking up using motor movers and things like that. So that's probably helps people when they get, they land Motor movers are a godsend as far as I'm concerned. Some <laughs> <laughs> campsites are quite tight. Like. They are. I mean, a lot of campsites will, again, they restrict the likes of twin axles because they say they rip up the grass. But again, with motor movers, that's eliminated on the basis you can actually do a full 90 degree turn right on the tarmac. You're not looking at the swing angle. You can line up your carbon in its plot nice and easy. Um, there's less stress on you when you get there because the last thing you need after doing a few hours drive is then try and rush your caravan into its uh, its plot. Um, Mistakes will get made, yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's it, do that. Plus, you've, you've got the visibility. It also comes in handy um, for lining up locks. A lot of the modern caravans now have uh, axle locks that you put the lock through the, the, the wheel that lines up with a locking base that's in the frame on it. And it's just easier to line it up that way when you can just use the remote. We have our, we have our caravan. We pick what we want. Um, uh, if say we buy a brand new and there's a, a bunch of extras you'll probably need to get with that caravan. Can you run us through maybe what some of the, the key ones to have consider? Because yeah. each of those probably add a little bit to the cost as well. Well, a lot of cases, if you go to a dealer, he'll offer you uh, what's called a starter pack. Right. Um, uh, it, they'll tend to throw those in with new caravans or if you're buying secondhand you can actually go in and ask for the starter pack and the, the starter pack will contain a number of things it'll contain the cassette for the toilet waste right. uh, that meets the caravan um, it will have an aqua roll which is the cylinder outside the caravan that you 40 litres of water that you can that the caravan pulls in for it. it'll have the electrical cable cables on that yeah, it will have the waste master, which is uh, for non-service sites. You obviously, if you take water into the carbon, it's got to come out. So you need a barrel to collect this. And all these, um, the aqua roll and, and the toilet waste, all link together so that when you want to empty them, you can just roll up to the central block and empty those. So the wastewater is your sink and your... And the grey water effect. Yeah, it's effectively grey water, yes. Um, other little things that you will need to get uh, when starting off would be uh, mirrors for the car. 
they can be they're a legal requirement that you can that you need to see outside so you have to have those do you mirrors i didn't know that they you do especially well especially if you're going abroad or in the uk in ireland it's not so much fixed my understanding isn't that depending on the width of your vehicle um if you have a wide enough suv you may get around it um but it's just it's easier safer to do it you know it doesn't take much to, to take them on and take them off and do it after that, I suppose you're looking at little things like uh, levelers, just little ramps, if because you get a campsite that isn't isn't fully level, just to to help level that off. Yeah. Um, and then you're down to little things like chemicals. There's two types of chemicals. You've one that goes in with the, the waste of that, and you go one the pink one that goes in with the water itself, with the flush water. Um, I imagine gas bottles and things like that is probably something you probably need to pick up as well. Yep, the gas. Well, you get the yes because there's two types. You can run on a caravan. You um, the propane. Um, also, I tend butane to go to is butane. Yeah, and the main difference between them is propane doesn't freeze. It has has a its freeze level is a lot lower. So, if you were, were into winter caravaning or all season, the propane's the best. After that, you just bring your own bedding and camping furniture and stuff for. For sitting out and tables, things like that, isn't it? Exactly, like yeah. Main uh, stuff. You, you go into that, if you're a family and you are in making up the bed in that front section of the caravan, godsend for you is the memory foam mattress topper. Oh, yeah. For doing that, it's just, because you're folding cushions underneath you, the foam just, memory, uh, the mattress just covers all those bumps and meat joints and it makes your uh, better night's sleep and doing it. That's a good tip as well. And I imagine you can get insurance for it. And it's probably highly recommended too, just to have that, you know, for any little mishaps. You can. Now, there's different ways, I suppose, of doing it. The, the insurance, when you're towing, a lot of uh, people's car insurance allow covers them third party on a trailer. But that won't cover any damage to the trailer itself. Uh, it won't give you any cover the moment you unhitch it from your car so separate insurance is always a, a good idea um, with that because it'll give you f- full uh, full cover of when you're towing and when it's on site off uh, taken off the hitch you can get or get that as part of your house insurance or you can get a separate policy um, and particularly if you're going if you have a new car and if you're able to get that a lot of those the insurance policies will give you a new for old up to its fifth birthday so you have any damage or any issues, they'll get you a brand new caravan of that oh, year. Excellent. In, in order to maintain your caravan, then, you know, I suppose when you're buying a caravan and when you're maintaining it, the, the checks you want to do are the same and, and pitfalls to look out for. Can you run through some of those? Well, yeah. Well, the everyday ones that when you're doing before going off on a journey uh, for those is obviously to, is mostly check the tires, check the air pressure in the tires um, and do a full check on the lights, the indicators, because um, the guards will pull you over if they find that the, those items aren't working yes, when, when you're towing. But in general, you should get your sar- carbon serviced every year, same as your car. And when you do that, they will check quite a lot of things that you wouldn't normally think about. So it's not, they'll go through and they'll do the usual uh, mechanical checks. So they do the wheels the brakes they'll take the wheels off they'll check the brake pads on the caravans because they have them they'll 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 grease up the all the jockey peats the steadies um they'll then come along and they'll check the the gas the full gas check as if on the boiler on the heating system as if it was your home boiler 
they'll check the electrics throughout the caravan. Um, they'll do actually a battery test and they'll tell you what how what the life cycle's left on your battery and how what its health status is. And you get that as a printout and they'll do a damp check with a damp meter, which is a very important one when you're buying new caravans as well, is to do damp checks on, on, on buying caravans. But they'll give you that constant report on doing it. Um, and if your caravan is under warranty, it means during, it'll come up during the service report and they'll just put in a warranty claim and get it, it taken care of. Would you normally go to the caravan dealers, the people who supply the caravans to do these checks? Yeah, very much so. It's it's They do it because, again, in my case, I, I still have one that covers under warranty. So I need to go up to them every year. They will serve because it goes right up to the man, back to the manufacturer. Yeah. They keep the log on doing that. Um, because in that case, I have a full, I think, 10-year, for example, shell warranty, as long as I get it serviced. So if there's any sign of a leak or damage in my caravan, it won't cost me anything. It's covered under uh, the manufacturer's warranty. But you get, with, with the continuity of a service, it means you then have that record when I go on to sell it. Um, it shows that the person who uh, owned it, in my case, or selling it, took care of their caravan. They yeah, kept it in good nick. They kept everything up and going. Um, and if you're buying a second hand one, you should probably should look and ask for, for, for a record of that as well. Yeah, you should. If you're going second hand, the things you'd be looking for is the service history record on it, the Chris registered documents. Um, you'd be looking for the manuals as well of all the items that are in it. Um, a genuine caravan owner who who's used it. Um, and, and loved it, will have the manuals and the instruction guidelines uh, that goes with it. And it's also those manuals are come in and those elements come in handy because you should actually get the owner to show you how everything works, that the water's turning on and off the pipe working in it, that the gas cooker works, that the gas on the, elect- on the fridge works, because fridges are electric and gas. The hot water system is working as well. The showers, they're all the things you should get the owner to show you when you're, when you're going to buy a caravan. And one of our listeners actually gave us a, a tip a while back. And when the owner is showing you that, you should record it on your phone on video. So you have it to look back at. Yeah, it, yeah it's a good idea. I used to do it um, for work and doing it when I was doing demonstrations to uh, handovers to clients I says I'd always recommend going with your camera and again a genuine owner of a caravan will have no problem with you doing that um yeah. it's a, anybody who is trying to sell you a caravan that might be a little bit shady might find and say well no they're not interested in doing that so yeah. it could be an indication as well of, of whether you should stay stay clear of the that person selling them Great. So I have a, a final question just to close things out, Adrian, and this one will be close to your own heart. Since you're one of our uh, key gadget people, what are your uh, top camping gadgets, the unnecessary buys that you have, but you still <laughs> use all the time? Well, <laughs> motor mover is definitely there for a caravan without a doubt. A motor mover doing it. Um, the air awning, when it comes to it, is god sent um it's can save so much arguments and so much hassle i think i've mentioned before when when you're sitting there after your travel yourself and, and your wife my wife are putting it up it's just much easier you tread it in and, and you can um inflate it after that then the Caddick barbecue and having putting one of the extras on the carbon i put on was an external gas connection oh, lovely, yes, barbecue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Caddick ones are, are absolutely brilliant for that um 
And again, the last things, I suppose, as you get into it, you'll get into campsites that you'll come across where they are fully serviced. So having extra the waste pipes so you can get rid of the grey water drums, you can have pipes. Um, I got pipes now that, that fold, collapsible ones, oh, um, and expand. So they save in storage and you can put those into the drains in sight and then locks, I suppose. I'm surprised you didn't mention your inflatable levelers, uh, Adrian. The lock and level, they're on the list. I thought that would be uh, top of your list there. (laughs) The lock and level very much comes into play if you have a twin axle. Definitely. If you have a twin axle and you're trying to, again, it's leveling it and you're trying to get the locks on on the two wheels that have axle locks, the the lock and level system um, is just a no-brainer. Absolutely for it. Well, look, thank you so much for uh, doing this. Uh, I think there's lots of valuable information there just for people considering getting a, a newer secondhand uh, caravan. So look, thanks again, Adrian. And keep those gadgets coming. Keep spending <laughs> your money on all those gadgets and telling uh, ourselves all about it. Oh, you're very welcome. I'll keep a look out for more. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot. Wow. Yeah. Some interesting points there for anybody thinking of buying a new or a secondhand caravan. Um do you know, Chris, what I found, it's totally different to buying a motorhome, yet similar, but a, a enough differences to make you really want to listen to that interview again, because we've spoken about buying secondhand vans and motorhomes, but it, it, there's a little bit more, I think, to buying a caravan. Yeah, caravans are definitely uh, uh, a set family or set mm-hmm. type of camper. So, um, look, we hope you got some great tips out of that. And uh, I know we've a long podcast cast this week but well worth it i think some great points and 99 percent of what we discussed on the podcast were all sent in by the listeners so that's brilliant you know we need your input and today's show really shows that so again if you want to get in touch with us we'll give you all the details and remember we have the stickers we'd love to see them on all the new vans and all our new listeners if you want to get hold of some of our charlie and me stickers and also the camping crew podcast stickers for your motorhome your camper van your car your caravan send us your name your address and your postcode and we will get them out free of charge as soon as we possibly can and to get in touch here are the contact details on the web, we're thecampingcrew.ie. On email, we're campingcrewpodcast at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at the camping crew. On Instagram, you'll find us at the camping crew podcast. We're also hanging out uh, from time to time in all the good motorhome and camping groups on Facebook and on forums like motorhomecrack.com, boars.ie, or we're also on campsitereview.com. That's our sister campsite where we have a forum. It's free and always will be. And don't forget the Charlie and me are camping vlog on YouTube. Just go on, type in youtube.com forward slash Charlie and me are camping vlog every Friday. There's a new video up there and the campsite reviews are starting back with season five very, very soon. From me, Aaron Burchill, thanks for sticking with us for this long podcast. Until we do it again in two weeks time on a Wednesday. Take care. Yeah, we hope you're enjoying the podcast. And as I say every week, if you are, please subscribe and follow. And most importantly, tell your camping friends all about us. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for another podcast from The Camping Crew. Thanks for listening. And do join us again very soon. Safe camping. Mm-hmm.